Welcome back to the Spinner Rack here at the Marvel New Universe Comics Podcast. We're your hosts. Andy with codename Spitfire11 and... Steven with nothing. (laughs) That's all you get, nothing. I should really like do something new for that. I Started in 1986, the new universe was an imprint from Marvel Comics dedicated to a more grounded, less fantastic approach to comics. The idea was the world outside your window with real-time progress. Eight new comic series launched in one month, set in our world in 1986. Now, as the stories progress through 1987, the world at large still doesn't know about paranormals, except for a few secret agencies. With our podcast, you can follow us along with us each week as we go through each comic in the order they hit the spinner rack, or just check out individual comics if you already have a favorite. We have a website uh, that's live at kickersinc.com where you can find out more about us and the new universe. You can also join our fun there with the Super Sleuth sweepstakes still available. Um, And we have a new trivia contest coming soon. We said for the 50th time in a row. Right. It's in the amoeba phase. I, I have draft material. I just yeah. have to give it to our research department to double check whether, which were the correct answers. Uh, we do have a slogan contest ongoing mirroring the new universe slogan contest. So if you have um, Noof said, no. Oof. Move on. Please, you can send those to us at uh, podcast at gmail.com. And we also have a Twitter at Kickers Inc. that uh, can update you uh, for the podcast that's coming up. We also want to give a shout out to our friends over at the Facebook Marvel Comics New Universe fans who have been great supporters of the show um, and have a lot of original art to show you and you get uh, some interesting behind the scenes there like connecting it to the um, interview we did recently you can see this like how they corrected uh the the dialogue balloons and stuff uh as mike uh, described but anyway yeah pull them off and paste a new one on there or something (laughs) so yeah the, the the original cut and paste True, true. Um, so yeah, so this week we're just talking about Codename Spitfire. Uh, that's Professor Jenny Swenson stole and then destroyed her father's advanced max armor. Briefly, though it felt like a long time, went to prison and finally Those were the got good old days. Yeah, <laughs> then finally got shanghaied by a mysterious intelligence agency, the CIA. Um, she's still Spitfire, and now she has a code name, or maybe it's her partner, or maybe the whole operation. Yeah, like a division codename Spitfire, possibly. <laughs> so the solicit for uh, today's issue is Jenny Spitfire Swenson has the brains to be a top intelligence agent, but does she have the cold-blooded nerve? Question mark. Uh, the CIA must must know now, and they're betting her partner's life on the answer. Ooh. No win. It's written by Fabian Nicieza. Penciled by Grant Meehan. And the short version is, a new title in a new direction. Spitfire has become an operative for a secret government organization, the CIA. Uh, <laughs> and now she's headed for South America. All right, so a little bit of extra information there. That it's is, in, in fact, the episode, the issue we're getting. So that's always nice. Yeah, it's a... It... <laughs> I, I, I thought they were going to go off on like the vague, like, oh, here's our new direction. Uh, thanks. You tell me nothing. Um, <laughs> but yes, operative, secret government, uh, Central America, not exactly South, but okay. And Starbrand is still taking a break on its uh, now bi-monthly schedule and will return next month with number nine. Mm. Starbrand is getting lapped. Are we going to see Tad Selby again? Time will tell. (laughs) 
Had, Keep watching had, the skies, buddy. Had died in the uh, month break, I think. So yeah, if they'd have like had one like coming up right the next month, we would have had more with Tad. But it was the two yeah. month break that I think. It's only so many annoying kids I can take in the new universe, and that kid in DP Seven might be sticking around. So Tad's got to go. Sorry, Tad. <laughs> oh dear, this is a book for adults. We'll also be discussing for the last time the um, what would you do with the power of your character question from the universe news uh, for this month. And the extremely well thought out answers that the writers gave. <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, codename Spitfire 11. So cover August 87, uh, though perhaps released May 19th, 1987. So we're starting to get into the summer um and the cover is actually kind of a big deal now in this case so uh for a while now in the little upper left hand corner where the issue number is we've seen the image of a new spitfire armor um but it hasn't actually shown up in the book uh but today it's on the cover as the cover image so i don't see it looks kind of like that robot from like fox nfl that like kind of like dances all around uh which of course came much later than the spitfire armor but it's a little more like a person right there's more like features it's a little less blocky uh, it's got more like a hand and it has kind of an interesting helmet shape so it's kind of hard to describe it's just like an odd uh yeah i'm kind of torn on whether it has like more manga influence or not what do you think yeah see it's tough to call it i mean it, it, to me it, it kind of it, very closely resembles more like a football player. So it's more of a kicker's ink uh, mascot than a yeah. Spitfire. Maybe a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. I, I have no information on the redesign. But anyway, yeah, the, we, the cover... I don't know who or what did that. So. Yeah. The, the cover itself is basically the, the suit flying and getting shot by a helicopter. Um, so we've got the big codename Spitfire title. Uh, it's credited to Geiger and Wyacek, but those are names I'm not familiar with. But yeah, so comic. Open the page. We get our title, No Win. Um, and uh, again, writer Fabian Nicieza, first time writer for codename Spitfire here, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then Grant Mean, M I. E-H-M as Penciler, I think is also new to the book. It doesn't seem familiar, but in fact, the you know, we're, we're starting in the middle here, it seems. So uh, last we left Spitfire, they had basically just survived a mission being intentionally stranded in Afghanistan. So the CIA, after torturing her in their secret room to get her to join the team, then, you know, instead of letting her go, just dumped her in Afghanistan while well, she sort of chased after a uh, new character, Jake Travis, who uh, freaked out and, and jumped and parachuted down. Um, so it was some elaborate setup involving VHS tapes and recordings, uh, which basically uh, had them to investigating Max Armour's uh, that the Russians were using in Afghanistan and sort of trying out. And they found that they had some primitive, like version one Max armors, uh, which as far as we know, they ended up destroying most or maybe all of them. But yeah, so um, Jenny and Jake Travis, not exactly the best of friends at the end of the episode. She knocked him out a couple times. Uh, she thinks he's insane, which he kind of is. So it's a sloppy start, but they finally kind of made it back. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, uh, they're pulling the brand new Spitfire suit out of the water with a helicopter, and it looks all smashed up. So um, hopefully we're going to get some flashbacks here, I guess. We'll give you a new Max armor, but only after it's been destroyed again already. <laughs> and Jenny's in prison again. <laughs> oh, and we killed a couple more troubleshooters. I don't know. <laughs> There's still a few left. So we get dawn breaks over the Atlantic Ocean, 75 miles off the coast of Nicaragua. The mission failed. Uh, so, yeah, there's like a dive team and a helicopter pulling the Max armor out of the water. Um, and basically, uh, this issue's got a lot of like technical details. So we get 
uh, the narration of you know what's going on in the mission um like systems readings travis jake field operative all telemetry down so you know, kind of this military uh communication uh, throughout the mission um yeah they landed on an aircraft carrier the U united states aircraft carrier carl vinson which is apparently a real aircraft carrier uh, named after a real dude so house of representatives for georgia kind of guy yeah I, I didn't remember what is yeah where the name comes from but i i remember hearing about that ship yeah years definitely so yeah basically we know know now the mission failed um we get a, a glimpse of new character and policino uh, who i think showed up in the advertising for codename spitfire and we're like who is this person is it her mom like things like that oh yeah yeah this i forgot dark-haired woman with glasses she um, was the, doing the like um the analysis for Roth last issue. Okay. It's like, but, run these numbers. I didn't tell you everything. Yeah. All this. Because <laughs> they totally predicted exactly what was going to happen, kind of thing, except he didn't give her all the data. Yeah. It was nice going, Roth. Uh, Edmund Roth is, I think, dyeing his hair this uh, issue, though. So it's trying to look younger for it's trying. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a Hawaiian shirt on. No. <laughs> But basically, you know, the helicopter is landing the armor on the deck, uh, lays down, and apparently Jenny is still in it. So uh, she's badly injured. They pull the helmet off, and she was unconscious. Uh, some invisibly colored blood kind of streaming from her face, perhaps, uh, in that sort of cartoon style where they never color the blood. Uh, or maybe her nose is runny. I don't know. Right, um, right. But yeah, she's unconscious. You know, they they haul her off on a stretcher. Um, and we get Roth saying, uh, uh, it was a disaster. Jenny could die. The new experimental Spitfire was a functional Edsel. And Jake, what happened to you, Travis? I had to look up the Edsel reference. Did you know that one? Really? Yeah, it was like a car that was in the 50s that yeah. was a big deal and it was flopped terribly, right? Um, <laughs> which, uh, and people thought it was ugly, I guess, kind of like this new Max armor. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Too much of a redesign or something. And everyone's like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Pass. Um, so, yeah, then it cuts to presumably Nicaragua. Uh, he says, you know, what happened to you, Travis? And is there anything left for us to rescue? Um, and we cut to a Nicaraguan Sandinista army compound. So I had to give myself a little refresher course, but the Sandinistas overthrew a dictator and then we're kind of running Nicaragua, maybe 1979 to 1990. Uh, and then the Contras were rebels fighting the Sandinistas and the Contras were perhaps, you know, people left over from the old dictatorship as well. Um, and the CIA helped them uh, to try and re-overthrow the government. <laughs> uh, because why not? Um, and that's the whole Iran-Contra thing where you know Reagan sold weapons to Iran to get money to give to the Contras. <laughs> like, yeah, it's questionable. Yeah. yeah, there was like, I mean, I don't know. All the congressional oversight uh, was bypassed or something so they, we were like supporting these guys and who knows how good they were now i, I mean it's the, the the governments rose and fell several times since after that you know and, uh, yeah I mean, it, it certainly parallels the whole iraq isis thing fairly well <laughs> topples a dictator and we support this uh, government and the old government kind of bands together and yeah well i mean yeah i don't um yeah it, it it's close to home at least like you know nicaragua is just south of guatemala i think and mm -hmm. uh, so there was always like a lot of people thinking that this would be sort of the next uh theater that we'd be stuck in you know with everyone thinking well we got out of vietnam finally and you know someone will stick us into central america now that there's action down there 
Yeah. It, ironically, we ended up in the Middle East for 30 years. Okay. <laughs> it's comfortable, you know, we're familiar with that. Like, <laughs> we got all that desert camo stuff already painted. You don't want to have to redo it. Jungle, is, you know, green paint's more expensive. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so like, I mean, a lot of a lot of 80s movies have sort of big South and Central American bad guys and, you know, I guess in this case, the Sandinistas are the bad guy, uh, not the CIA at all. Um, but yeah, they they have they have Jake Travis uh, on the old torture slab. Um, so um, he's basically in his underpants, you know, belted down, and some guy pours water on his face to wake him up, and then smacks him in the gut with with the bucket. Um, and so a guy comes in who is the war tiger or el tigre de la guerra which is a fun name um and he's got sort of that classic red beret and sunglasses you know got a scar over his eye kind of like mark hazard almost uh, as far as things go and um as always seems to happen shades of mark hazard merc perhaps like all these tough guys seem to be pretty unbothered by getting the crap beaten out of them and tortured all the time. So, you know, he maybe makes his sassy comments. He's like, tell your commander war tiger to take his salute and stick it up. Better yet, tell him to salute his Russian bosses. They're probably listening right now. So he's, he's got a lot of spunk for someone who's uh, about to get his eye gouged out. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, I guess, a big part of it was the, uh, the fear that the Russians would be um, controlling these new people um, in one of the countries near us. Yeah. Can't let someone else control that government. We need to do it. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, basically they just want to know uh, the, the the dialogue from War Tiger, you know, we'd kind of complained about previous ones and Mark Hazard where it kind of switches between translated language and English and such. Uh, here, he just speaks Spanish, which is kind of fun. Um, he just wants to know like who is he you know what is he trying to do um and the jake travis basically is just not not saying much and they, we leave him at the end of the page looking like they're going to threaten to take his eye out with a with a knife which is kind of fun and terrifying but he's, he doesn't seem too bothered so <laughs> we cut to dc um with kind of a random interlude um, and basically like the secretary of state uh, is taking questions. There's a bunch of press, uh, you know, talking about Iran Contra is the CIA involved, you know, you know, could be secretary of defense too. Yeah. It could be secretary. Of defense. It never specifies. So I looked up the secretary of state in 1987. It was George Schultz and it looks a lot like this guy actually though. So, Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. So, if so, nice job. They did a lot, a lot with the details there. Um, but yeah, you know, he doesn't say much. He gets in touch with Edmund Roth on the Vincent um, uh, to get the details from him. Um, basically, from what we know, you know, Travis is dead or captured, uh, and Jenny Swenson is really hurt and on the operating table. So. She's there getting worked on by a bunch of doctors as, you know, Roth kind of thinks to himself and talks. Um, the guy asks, like, we got the rescue team ready to go to go get Travis. And he says, no, uh, until Washington says otherwise, no rescue will be attempted. Too risky, they think. I like that, like, he, he's bossing around the captain of this uh, aircraft carrier, which is a pretty high thing. I don't know. A couple pages earlier, when um, after they they landed the Spitfire there, he's like, "Captain, you and your men never saw any of this. Understood perfectly, Mister Roth." It's like five thousand people on an aircraft. There's a ton of people who just saw this big giant red thing. It's <laughs> a giant robot thing. I don't know. Did you see the giant robot this morning? <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly Manhattan Project level of secrecy. <laughs> oh. So as the doctors start working on Jenny, then we finally get a flashback to what in the hang actually happened here. Because uh, all we know is mission failed. She's hurt. Travis is gone. Um, and they have like cutesy talk. Like they're kind of ribbing each other. But like, 
um, okay, Jennifer, darling, and um, I'll keep that in mind, Shorty, and things like that, like like they're buddies now, uh, which must have happened in between the issues uh, when they also built the armor and all the other things that we have no idea what happened. Um, but basically, yeah, they're going on this mission uh, to you know break into a Sandinista base and rescue some guy on Encinillo, Encinillo from the Sandinistas. And we don't get a lot of information as to exactly why, other than he's like been helpful to the CIA, right? Yeah. So uh, Travis is in full-on camo uh, and kind of a, an interesting helmet with a face shield kind of goggles on there. And what we learn kind of later is, you know, they're, they've got camera hookups to each other. So like he can see what the Spitfire armor sees and she can see what he sees through his little camera goggles set up. So they're kind of working as a team now. Um, um, so yeah, I, I guess the CIA's plan is to just send this giant bright red suit of armor uh, and one guy. No support squad, like no scouting, no snipers, just one dude with a rifle. Um, good going. That was what that's kind of what they made fun of the kickers for, is you know, going in brightly colored outfits. And just, I'm sure the Nicaraguans won't notice this giant suit of armor flying around. It's got to be ridiculously loud, right? Now that it, you you mention it, it's funny that like everything south of the border is like a jungle encampment. There's no like cities or even towns <laughs> in any of these countries they're visiting, but uh, okay. All of Afghanistan is the wasteland desert, right? All of South America is a jungle where the predator hides, right? That's, that's all we need to know. <laughs> Go with it. Go with it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she's kind of flying overhead. Uh, he's chopping his way through the jungle. Um, you know, again, you get a little bit of backstory we've already sort of covered. Uh, we cut back. We kind of cut back and forth between her being operated on and sort of the and on in the present time and the mission itself um but yeah so some medical details jenny kind of opens her eyes so maybe she's coming out of it uh we cut to ann policino who's the woman who was there on the landing deck and she's apparently kind of like a tech whiz of the team so it looks like she's working on uh the armor either kind of seeing how damaged it is or uh uh, figuring out what exactly happened to it, which we don't know yet. So, but she seems to have figured it out. Something that scrambled the systems. Uh, but yeah, she's sitting by this huge printer, one of those like dot matrix kind of roller things with the little holes on the side, which is always sweet. It's making a ton of noise. So chicka, nice chicka, little chicka, detail chicka, there. Chicka. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, it's off by one. The whole thing's got to start over again. But as as we click back to the action, she thinks to herself, I can't believe everything went bad because of this. So she's on to it, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, she's flying around thinking to herself, it feels a little strange flying over a foreign country like this. Almost like an invading someone else's home. All right, maybe that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> yes. That's, Never thought that's called the proper definition of your activity there. So I've never thought I'd use the Max for a gov for the government as a weapon, no less. I'm like, oh, your dad is rolling over in the grave there. It's exactly what you were not supposed to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what part of that was so confusing, Jenny? And then uh, she drops, I and mean, it's not really important to the story, but then she drops, but the suit's my only means of getting revenge on the club for Meadows, for Ferris, for dad, for this. So put up or shut up, that's all. So... I'm not sure what that means other than she needs needs the army to help rebuild the suit and the suit to beat up the club later on. But we don't really know. Yeah. I, guess. I think, yeah, I mean, I can imagine that they Roth told her at least that these, you know, they're, they're fighting the runaway max armor and that, you know, that it was because the club had sold it to people. And so they're kind of, going to be going up the chain or something and trying to put a stop to it from another angle. But yeah, again, like you say, they helped it rebuild the max armor for her, which she should have been able to do herself, but okay. Right. And <laughs> they ever so, let her leave. Yeah. But yeah. how, how tied in some of these uh, activities are going to be to her plan 
to get the club. It, that does make sense that that's her goal, but you know, I still think that the CIA is not really the CIA. I mean, it can't, it can't be now because they're landing on aircraft carriers and stuff. But like, if Roth is actually working as like a member of the club and he's just stringing her along with all this Max Armor stuff, like they kind of proved it in Afghanistan. They're like, oh well, we need you in Nicaragua to rescue this guy and maybe find out if there's Max Armors there. And like every time they send her on this deadly mission, they're like, oh we heard maybe there's some x armors there <laughs> it's your fault <laughs> yeah yeah that i mean that that being a member of the club and the cia aren't mutually exclusive so that's what i'm yeah. thinking I, I may it may be just an interesting idea that's not part of the writer's intent but anyway uh so yeah the max armor just flies around and kind of scouts the camp so that um Travis can kind of break in. And so there's, it's not a, not a stealthy mission. She kind of lands in the middle and uses some sort of sonic blast that, you know, kind of cripples everybody and crumples them to the ground. Uh, so then, uh, you know, she can kind of land, you know, take out the electric fence and, and let Travis in to, to do the rescue. In. Um, we cut back to, you know, again, some medical drama, um, a lot of good sounding terminology. Uh, redress the bandages on her torso, sponge down her left leg, make sure the blister tissue is free of infection, take her to room 24C when you're done. Yeah, so you know, I definitely were paying close attention to details in this kind of thing. Um, I think I, so. The doctor like takes the mask off and it's a girl. Yeah. Literally, the whole title is like a woman scientist superhero. So, like throwing in like the, oh well, women can also be doctors too. Seems a little, you know, well, condescending. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't in '87 though. I mean, on a uh, aircraft carrier uh, in the Navy, you know, uh, it's it's still like a largely a guy's thing and at this point i'm guessing but okay yeah sure mm. that's fine it's not a nurse <laughs> but yeah so the you cut back to the action and jake and the armor are kind of just taking people out and yeah, we should have done a kill count on this one i guess uh jenny swenson's getting in on it where uh, mark hazard is uh is uh failing us and she's taking out helicopters. He's looking for Encinio's cell. Um, basically, just kind of running and shooting. And then something goes wrong. So she said, Jake, something's wrong. Squee, help. <laughs> so basically, the armor starts flopping down, falling out of the sky and having trouble staying up. Um, and there's this dude with like a remote control, like looks like a remote control car thing. And he says, a scrambling device. Hang on, Jen, they got a scrambler screwing up your relays. How in the world did they know they were going to need that? Good question. Um, but he shoots it out of the guy's hand. <laughs> uh, but by this time, it looks like the whole army is getting ready to come after them. So maybe she just missed the chance to take out the last couple helicopters, but those are coming up, uh, starting to fly. And there's a whole squad of Sandinistas running after Travis, who's like, hey, Brookie, anytime you want to get off the bench and help out the first string here. So is this kickers? <laughs> Making all these football analogies. A lot of guys with guns right behind him, and he's machine gunning them, and that's joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's not going well. Uh, uh, a helicopter starts tearing into the Spitfire suit um, and causes an internal fire inside. So not good, not good. Um, she manages to kind of fly up and grab the rotors of the helicopter. And, you know, she's thinking to herself, don't think about the uh, men inside, you know, worried because they're pilots and less different than the other Sandinistas that Travis is gunning down. I don't know. But anyway, she's not a combat soldier. She throws the thing down and scans and switches her view into seeing what Jake is doing. Uh, all the while, her legs and back are on fire, literally from an internal fire inside the... Uh, Thing. so nice mental concentration there swenson uh i'm impressed um but she can kind of see through his, his eyes as he's breaking into the jail cell kind of shooting his way in he sees that the guy they were trying to rescue is in fact already dead uh then gets shot 
uh, shot at, kind of jumps out of the way. As I mean, he's, he starts to maybe escape, he gets shot in the leg, and then we get a systems down. So mission, I guess we knew the mission failed in the beginning, uh, but now we're getting a little clued into what exactly happened to Travis. So um, the guy was dead. There's no max armors. Uh, two people against an entire army. Uh, this is a video game type situation that is working out not very well. Whoever talked her into this is, uh, oh, there he is, Edmund Roth. Yeah, yeah. with his <laughs> hair dye and his tan pants. So yeah, he, he comes. To, we, we cut back to the hospital where Jenny's recovering, um, where she starts to give some information because this is her first time waking up. Uh, so he's going to try and you know uh, get some info. And she says, "What happened to Jake? We're not sure yet." Sandinistas claim they are holding a hostage who remains unidentified, um, and they know he was the only he was only hit in the leg somehow. Um, so we assume that he's the one held hostage. Um, she says, let's get him out. And he says, no, we're not going to do that at this time. So it's kind of that classic government, our military agents like, oh, I'm sorry, too much red tape. You know, the politicians <laughs> won't let us do it and that kind of thing. Um, right. but, but she's pissed and, you know, her unnatural uh, desire to protect Jake Travis is strong again here. So she's jumping on the planes for him. And uh, wants to get back into the action, even though she probably has like horrible third degree burns all over the lower half of her body. Um, but they hey. said, yeah, third degree burns on the lower half of her body. Yeah, that's uh, not that's a... not like walk around and yeah. No. <laughs> By the way, um, Anne patched it, patched up the max armor. Really? Yeah. So we don't even need you anymore, Swenson. <laughs> What's the point of having Jenny Swenson? That's what, yeah that's what i was gonna get to on the next page sorry sorry <laughs> yeah that's no, fine uh but yeah 20 very slow and very painful minutes later so she's really unrealistically uh out of bed and getting herself into the armor and Anne, who fixed it is also helping her in it um also helping her escape and <laughs> helping her go try and rescue jake on her own um bad idea bad idea um, but yeah, this is a little weird that Anne is this tech whiz, whereas we already have a tech whiz. Like, you know, maybe you should have a new, different pilot with combat experience, and then Jenny fixes the suit. I don't know. Because <laughs> that wouldn't be it's, the best use of your title character, but still. I mean, I, I know it's better to drag her into, you know, exciting situations and but it, it makes no sense to like make a big deal about her specific knowledge of max armor and everything and then be like yeah we just built it already and this other person fixes it for you and blah 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 yeah okay um, useless like david hasselhoff and knight rider what does he even do it's just the car does all the work <laughs> i guess you got to get out and punch somebody every once in a while yeah, so basically she just takes off, uh, you know, right past Roth and his cheap hair dye. And like the Anne is there kind of smirking like, whoops, sorry. <laughs> I guess I sent her off to die. <laughs> uh, so we cut back to uh, Travis getting tortured. Uh, again, he's, uh, he's looking like he's having a rougher time, but he's still filled with the sassy remarks um the the dialogue is all in spanish so you know google translate to the rescue i suppose um to so get uh very good yankee when you scream like that you make me feel proud um uh, but now i'm sad if you don't tell me what i need to know you're going to die um jason says well, kill me i'm not telling you anything like what does he even know um they're trying to rescue the guy who was dead um and he says, I think I'll, you've made a decision you will regret in five minutes. I'm like, five minutes? What? What? Mm -hmm. He's got a countdown. Uh, but the guy gets pissed. Travis spits on him. And he says, I'll kill you with my own hands in Spanish. My own hands. <laughs> um, but gets distracted by a crash. Um, notably, as in all dilapidated rooms and, you know, torture shacks it's got that light bulb hanging by the wire kind of freestanding with the pull chain like you don't ever want to be in a room with one of those 
<laughs> nothing, nothing good can happen. Always a, uh, yeah, it's the light in your eye that really hurts. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> so, yeah, so he gets distracted by a big crash and goes running, you know, calling for the guards. And uh, the Max armor is there, it's basically picked up a Jeep throws it down on top of some guys so she's a little less worried about their health um, yeah, yeah, this is where i really started jenny's kill count yeah did you start jenny's kill count uh, i would have but okay i mean those two are definitely on panel getting crushed by a jeep that she threw from above not just like <laughs> there's guys in a helicopter and you never see the inside of it so yeah at least two or three there they're probably just paralyzed and we'll need some sort of like prosthetic fastball like legs or something. <laughs> Who's thinking of the Sandinistas? They're not members of the club, Jenny. What are you doing? I'm getting... <laughs> right. They're just trying to, they're, they're the, they're the government. <laughs> they're the actual government of the country at this point. So when the max armor gets done crippling Sandinistas, um, this mission is, you know, going a little better uh, she starts getting chased by a helicopter again, though this time it goes a little bit better. She fires some sort of projectile explosive and takes out that helicopter without a whole lot of worry. Um, and flies over, basically just trying to find Jake. So uh, literally kind of lands and like rips the roof off of a building, uh, which is kind of impressive. Uh, they, they built a solid structure there. Um and of course, he's still joking. Uh, I guess we're not getting any uh, Hannigan, like the Slash character. It all seems to be kind of like the happy version. I feel like it might have been useful in this case to have the more ruthless guy help you out a little bit. But yeah, with it, we three issues in, we we haven't sort of established the rules for these two personalities, and, or why that's an advantage to him. Yeah, it seemed like anytime he something really needed to get done, or if he just got kind of annoyed, uh, the angry Hannigan character would come out pretty quickly, uh, and then he wouldn't remember per se what happened except for except for later. Uh, but yeah, maybe he's got it under control. You know, while they were building this new armor, which seems crucial to the story, that he was also undergoing some treatment to get his <laughs> personality under control, and they just don't mention any of it, perhaps, but. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that would have been cool if, like, you know, you you he flips a switch and, yeah, like, the guy is about to torture him and he, you see, like, oh, he's going to activate and you come back, like, a page later and, and the torturer is, like, dead on the floor and he's like, what the heck happened? I don't yeah, know. like, he's still strapped in. So, like, how did he even get how this done? Do but, this? like, he's dead, yeah. Yeah, that would have been cool. Too late, but it would have been cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, new Max armor uh, breaks him out of the torture rack, basically, which is just a, a plank with some belts on it, I suppose. Uh, some more guards kind of bust in, but then it has like a magnetic field generator thing. So the hand of the Mac, of the Max suit comes out and, you know, pulls the guns away, kind of cartoonish magneto magnet style there. And destroys the guns and they kind of go running out uh, if he could have done that all along that might have helped earlier but um you know they're they're action movie quipping with each other <laughs> you know talking about him being in his underpants as they fly off um and as they fly off there's a, a smaller helicopter and travis somehow is like that's got to be war tiger you know go get after him like are you kidding me i'm just here to get you out um priorities man he's crippled and half naked um but this mission in, in fact does go well so the max suit without that walkie-talkie uh, jamming thing uh, can kind of save the day take out the helicopters kill the army guys and fly off back to the aircraft carrier uh, with uh, jake travis rescued in tow in his underpants but you know pretty well wrecked uh, so nice work jenny swenson um so she sets him down and 
you know, as as she's about to get sort of taken to task by Edmund Roth, she's like, I might have to wait a minute and just flops over. So like I guess she's hit her limit of pain tolerance or whatnot. So yeah, he's he's been rescued. Uh, we get another cut uh, back back in the hospital beds, but this time it's both of them. So twenty seven hours later in sick bay, and the uh, Anne super nerd Jenny Swenson replace care replacement character is just kind of you know, goofing on them the whole time, uh, and apparently doesn't really take anything too seriously. Uh, but they're both wrecked in the hospital bed, you know, in sort of a good mood and smiling as well. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's kind of strange. So it, it, it's kind of lighthearted, but also like she almost burned to death. So it's an interesting kind of mix there. And in the end, it's just monologue by Roth. You know, as a team, we're still very inexperienced in terms of international policy. You are ignorant. Our operation was twofold to rescue a Contra official with strong ties to the agency and to acquire evidence of Soviet max technology in the region. We failed in both respects. You think I'm happy? You're wrong. If you think our superiors will be happy, you're stupid. Project Spitfire has its hardest task before it, proving that we can serve as a viable tool of the agency. After the events of the last few days, I'm having serious doubts whether we ever will. Serious doubts. Did I mention that these doubts are serious? But I mean, let's be honest here. If I'm Professor Swenson, I'm like, yeah, sure, cancel this thing. I'll take the suit and go back and try and get a job and maybe see how these kids are doing that I almost got killed or partially got killed. <laughs> yeah, Roth, Roth calls it a multi-billion dollar piece of a government hardware. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, really? I mean, back then, I don't think that would anything like maybe the aircraft carrier itself was a built multi-billion dollar thing but i mean she no i don't know man um, yeah we, we've made a strange jump from like reluctantly helping the government to like now they're like the the crack team that you know is going rogue and going on missions and stuff um without the transition right so he's like scolding yeah. them like you know, like a Clint Eastwood movie, you know, it's like, you're going off the rails here and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, geez, like you tortured her and forced her to do <laughs> you this. You forced me to do this. Yeah. She's yeah. It feels older. like a second or third season or something where it comes back and everything has just changed so much. You're like, wait, isn't she a scientist? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Oh, so frustrating sometimes. Um, I, I guess maybe that Anne Policino is in fact our Pucci. Wow. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> she's, yeah. Suddenly she's like this multi-talented tech girl and you're like, we had one already. <laughs> she's the central character. Oh. She tells more jokes. <laughs> they are so quippy by the end there. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I mean, know. it's interesting because it's, you know, if you kind of contrast this to that Kickers Inc. mission where, you know, they basically were sent on the same thing, right? They go rescue these guys. And we're not exactly 100 sure why. Sure why. You've got one kind of powered or, you know, somebody with an extra, right? Magna Conti or the Max Armor. And, um, you know, they kind of left that with like, oh my God, I killed people and what was I thinking? And this was a terrible idea, you know, whereas in the beginning, like the mission went bad, she's burning to death, the guy's getting tortured and then they're like, ha ha ha, <laughs> it's fine. She she may be heavily on opioids at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they over describe that because yeah, the lower half of her body is full of third degree burns is like yikes yeah hopefully they don't need to use her i mean if she doesn't need to use her legs to move the suit maybe that'll work but like if it's like an exoskeleton you're moving your arms with its arms like good luck man constant pain yeah um <laughs> yeah jake is well he's there uh and i don't know <laughs> Yeah, the the 
I didn't realize that at first that the um, his helmet was basically like think tank. Then I guess that they're doing like visual telemetry back and forth. Sort of, yeah. But um, yeah, he it gives him a, like a more of a video game character look when he's like in this helmet with these goggles and everything. It's like a futuristic soldier. Yeah, I'm trying to think back. Like, like would that have been impressive? in 1987 to like have that like video link up probably would have right like there's no it's not like bluetooth or something yeah and they somehow have like it so they get this telemetry record and i think that's like the the woman realizes that they had used a scrambler on her or something because that was the only thing that they that really seemed surprising to them um yeah but we haven't didn't get any follow-up on that like you know did they know if she was coming? Did they have that because it works to scramble the max armors and they're really fighting the Russians? Like, you know, they needed that yeah, extra I mean, wrinkle. It, 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 yeah, when they say they're looking for max technology, well, speci- yes, weapons specifically to counter max technology are also max technology, kind of. You know. What I mean? Yeah, maybe. So, well, it would have been cool if, like, you know, the soldiers came out and they had like a whole bunch of dudes with the strong arms or like the fastball <laughs> legs or something and they're zipping around. They're like, oh no. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You can and that do... would be kind of like a an interesting threat to the max too, like a piece of it. Yeah, yeah and it would be more difficult for the to, to take on multiple people at once. Yeah. yeah. I think these, well, like I said, you get a kill count here basically for Jenny, who is the big pacifist. Um, yeah, it was just last issue where, you know, she was freaked out because they put a bomb in the Trojan Horse Max armor where she had just, you know, had some sort of deactivation, you know, zappy thing. Oh. But I don't know. I guess that's the no win thing. You know? And in the solicits, it was things like, uh, what is it? Does she have the cold blooded nerve? Apparently she does. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, so we've got this is, I think, the the second by thing by Fabian Nicieza that we've seen. We had the um, pretty positive um, issue of Psy Force he had written with the suicide victim. And, oh right. Um, but he hasn't done Spitfire before, so okay. Yeah, yeah, I think the. I mean, it's better than Carrie Bates and like the action and the physics and the dialogue and is better um, but i think yeah it's probably just some some lost in translation as you get a new writer picking up somebody else's story in the middle and so kind of want to do their own thing with it so that kind of works but also you know they didn't hand off the armor well because it didn't exist and now it exists and they don't talk about it so, but I'm guessing that's probably just because of you know new writer taking over and they didn't have all the details of what's going on. So, could be, yeah. The I mean, they've been sort of promising to bring back the armor, and I mean, it makes sense that like that would be their plan, and then maybe things got derailed somehow. The last issues. Yeah, in the end, to go so long. In the end, when we do, if we do like a recap, we should look back at how many issues was Jenny and the Max Armor together, <laughs> right? Like, there's issues where it was her without it. You know, there's issues with her. Yeah, and the armor is destroyed. You know, I think there's been quite a number. It might almost be like fifty-fifty at this point of like comics where jenny swenson has the max armor versus ones where she does not <laughs> so easily yeah signature stuff man also paint that thing camo or something yeah it's <laughs> that red was fine in boston i guess but um you're in the jungle now or possibly the desert or maybe both yeah um yeah so yeah, frustrating for my as a reader, honestly. <laughs> this is at this point that I gave like my hope gave away completely. Uh, yeah, I mean, this kind of completes the reboot too, like because the 
previous issues were kind of setting up the new direction and then here's the new direction so yes i'm not entirely satisfied with the new direction i have to admit uh, well, uh, nothing we can do about now nothing we can do now let's give um, it a letter grade <laughs> yes what say these sir uh hmm I, I'm guilty of never thinking of this ahead of time. I kind of roll with it as far as things go. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, I sounded really negative about it, but I'm, I'm going to B minus it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, um, for myself, I think I was coasting on some hope of the future. And that <laughs> now I'm going to go to your previous grade of C. Hmm. I have to um, recalibrate this uh, my expectations of this title. Um, I don't know if it's um, a little rough start or we'll even see Fabian again. I don't know. Um, there's it. It's not a it, it. You know, it's not unreasonable to expect some decent stories with this setup. Um, and now that the Max Armor is back. We've got a second set of uh, supporting cast. Something could be made of it, um, but this this didn't really work together for me. I don't know. There were elements I enjoyed. The telemetry sometimes is fun. Um, these big description boxes of heart rate and I don't know whatever techno babbles they're they're using now, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's as far as I'm willing to say it now. <laughs> it sure was something. <laughs> it existed in many ways. <laughs> yeah, I think I, you know, the you know, kind of the dialogue, the action, uh, the little details and such, you know, I, I really didn't like it the first read and then I liked it more the second read. It kind of took a read number two to kind of really kind of understand what was going on, uh, which is not a good sign, but at least there's something there to kind of pay attention to. Um, but yeah, I really don't like, I, I don't mind the, like jumping in after something's happened and kind of doing the flashback thing. I think that's okay. Um, but doing that coupled with having no clue of where this armor came from is kind of irritating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I think the new armor is ugly. I'll just put that out there. I like the old clunky one better. Yeah, uh, I did like the old armor. Um, this will I'll see how I like it next month. I don't know. Yeah, if I it's think, even think, in the comic. <laughs> I think the the new Roth is annoying too because I mean, he was very consistently, you know, not a nice guy. You know, don't give me this like jokey uncle persona you know the guy was at best you know just uh yeah manipulative uh yeah really so, kind of yeah good old roth no don't be all good old roth he has done nothing to redeem himself at this no point. he's only done terrible things to jenny swenson <laughs> all we really have there ah yeah, no win, man. That's the title of this thing. Reader doesn't <laughs> no win. Man. Character doesn't win. Santanistas don't win. Nobody wins. Uh, the 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 cute tech girl. I don't know. Sure. Let's let's see where they go with that. I don't know. She she's it's, not. Uh, she'll be the next Lincoln Griffin. <laughs> God. No. Yeah, I don't want to uh, uh, over expect this one way or another. She hardly had a word in the last issues. So this is the first we're really seeing of her. And she's awfully spunky. I don't know. Yeah, she's kind of annoying. <sighs> Let's go ahead and jump to the new you question of the month once yeah. last time. If if you're ready to move. Yeah, yeah. So the question, of course, was if you had the power or abilities of the main hero you write, what would you do with it? Uh, Kerry Bates answers this one. He wrote the last couple issues and says, if I had Jenny Swenson's abilities, I would mass produce the Spitfire armor and sell it for profit. So Kerry Bates works for the club. <laughs> <laughs> Explain so much. 
Uh, yeah, it's a tricky one because she doesn't really have any powers. Uh, no white event here. And her dad built the original suit, even. Uh, she just kind of reverse engineered it and figured it out. Um, if I had the power, I mean, if, if the comic has taught me anything, is uh, should have just stayed at MIT, man. She just stayed at the toot. It's like I said uh, before, the, um, <laughs> the, the, the chance to be like the... Uh, Steve Jobs of your time, you know, was open to her basically. So she could be either, you know, the, the queen of um, open source software or the um, lead strikeout in a new um, Silicon Valley kind of situation. There was like a TV show, Halt and Catch Fire. I never watched it, but I mean, it's, it's interesting stuff going on in technology at the time. And uh, if you were super sharp um, MIT engineering professor, you would have a ton of like spinoff companies and startup businesses. And so he's not wrong that using it yeah. for, yeah. Um, well, using high technology for commercial purposes is perfectly normal and in fact would be expected in, in the real world so right do some nasa stuff you know put the spitfire in, into yeah, orbit yeah. and you can you know, got a world of possibilities something cool again i call it the spitfire ah, the armor, so. <laughs> yeah they call it i know they call it spitfire in here again and i'm just like uh, project spitfire <laughs> even us who who know it's the max armor and are trying to talk about every issue it still trips us up it's just it was, <laughs> it was too mixed up man and i know he's um taking the yeah. month off but um i didn't want to we didn't want to leave it for hanging for another month so but to, to roy and dan thomas the star brand oh. writers who are who have not yet really been the star brand writers but they ha say, if we had the power of Ken Connell, what can we say? We'd bring peace and freedom to the world. If it's good enough for Miss America, it's good enough for us. That is an important point. Miss America has really let us down over the years. I've learned that the uh, quest mm -hmm. of world peace is the surest path to destroying world peace. The uh, like, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to definitely take this other country over because it's, um, you know, doesn't live up to my ideals of uh, peace and brotherhood and end up somehow suppressing mm. them and destroying them culturally and creating a uh, resistance uh, force. And anyway, um, all, all I need to uh, enact my plan that will bring about my peaceful utopia is just total control <laughs> over everything. Including, including their, minds. their minds. You know, actually, I've been thinking that uh, there might be more to that uh, mind control thing. If uh, Ken has the same, you know, power as the old man, then maybe all these women throwing themselves at him are subtly being manipulated huh. by him well they were doing that before he got the star brand power though too a so. young attractive guy um i don't know do you have a good thought first <laughs> what you do with the star brand oh geez i think i mean they, they do a nice job exploring that in the book um and yeah i mean it's I struggle a lot with these questions that, you know, but I think perhaps that's why the writers gave kind of jokey answers for most of them. Um, Cause it, it would be a real challenge. I think I would honestly probably try and live my life as normally as possible. Right. And um, maybe like Ken, you know, occasionally make some questionable ideas about, you know, going over there and, you know, rescuing someone or, uh, you know, blowing up an army base from some people who are clearly really? the bad guys, right? <laughs> See, I don't know. I, I I struggle with that. I don't have a good answer. Yeah, I, I mean, if answer. you want to be like the super 
Superman, I, th I think it would be important to not overdo it and expect people, you know, that you're going to be there all the time, you know? So if you hear on the news, oh, there's a airplane in trouble or a building about to collapse or something, you know, maybe you can get there in time, but, you know, don't, don't over. Yeah. And super. Yeah, super, Superman's always had like those extra abilities too. You know, like he can see and hear. You know, and Jim Jimmy Olsen's watch, right? So he had these amazing senses to figure out what's going on. Um, so he's kind of always on call to, to a degree. And I think that would be like the worst part of trying to be super heroic is like, okay, if I go to sleep, somebody might die, and I could have saved them yeah. if I had stayed awake. I mean, that's the thing for me. Yeah, you would have to just sort of dis dis engage from that idea and like be able to get on with your life because you can't promise every waking moment and then be like well i guess i gotta stay up even more now because right until you until you finally reach your uh, dr manhattan like <laughs> conclusion about humanity and just take off right that's it's about like, where that this isn't working lead, yeah. um yeah i don't know that's i mean to, uh, similarly i mean that would be very sparing in how I would use such power from what we've seen of it. Um, to be honest, I would be more interested in investigating it though, than certainly Ken is. Um, and so like working with, um, if I could find any scientist, <laughs> physicist who is able to, you know, <laughs> look into this, uh, I don't know, it would be, it would sort of, suggest new fundamental physics i guess is the thing so right where does the yeah, energy actually come it's from connected to the white event and the products of the white event you know yeah though interestingly i guess and i think is one of the long-term knocks of the new universe like at this point like you know we still don't really know if if anyone is in fact right. investigating the white event um I, if anything, probably the clinic is in DP7, um, but they're still sort of myster mysteriously. I mean, they're investigating and... paranormals and paranormality, which is an, the other side of the equation. So I don't know. I, yeah. If anything, of all these powers across all of the new universe, like I would probably go with like a Cyforce character or maybe a DP7 as like the one to choose if I had to pick. Like, not ultimate power from the star brand, but perhaps, you know, uh, Wayne or Kathy's power or uh, Charlie from DP7 or or even the, uh, Dr. Randy and his uh, cool uh, yeah, anti-people. Uh, things that you can live with, but not, you know, they can help you or they could help other people if necessary, but they're not overwhelming or something. Star brand, I always think of, you know, they, they call, always call it a weapon. Whether that's the only use for it or not is a good question, but um, it makes you think that yeah, this is mostly a destructive power, and you don't want to be the guy who's walking around, you know, walking around with an atom bomb strapped to your back. No, <laughs> no. Or maybe you could be a walking nuclear reactor and provide energy. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, if if he was like spending time at MIT or over at whatever CERN, you know the. Like, like synchrotron place yeah you know sort of investigating the, the, all this new paraphysics we'll call it i mean whatever just a thought <laughs> yeah paranormal physics but yeah he's he fixes bumpers though he doesn't know that the synchrotron exists right let's see that is it for this week's episode next time we'll be looking at um yeah thanks for the nice slow roll in so i could find my cue uh night mask 11 all right we're rolling along can keith remsen's friend dr lucian ballad really be an Ooh. evil voodoo sorcerer i'd buy it he was a werewolf before so uh keith's quest to discover the truth continues when as night mask he enters the darkest of the nightmare dream world to find out voodoo in new orleans written by roy and dan thomas Hey, I thought they were the Starbrand writers. Um, penciled by Kyle Baker, inked by Tony. I remember Dizuda. the last issue was Voodoo in DC or something. So we're moving more Voodoo. Um, and I'll be looking at 
Cyforce number 11. A booby-trapped cave seals the Cyforce in a subterranean death trap from which their chances of escape are slim to none. A New Life is written by Danny Fingeroth, penciled by Bob Hall. They're fighting arcade in Murder World? What the heck? <laughs> Maybe? Maybe? Ah. It's the same writer, though. It seems I'm interested to find out yeah, how that happens. Fingeroth was uh, on there for a while, so hopefully he's back. Uh, some interesting uh, development on the uh, Indian reservation where we last left them. So I guess they got to have a game soon. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote that. So uh, until next time, you can once again find us at kickersinc.com or you can email us at newuniversepodcast at gmail.com, especially with your um, suggestions for the new slogan for the podcast. And until next time, we will see you back at the spinner rack. <laughs>